Welcome to For Better or Worse, a podcast where a husband and a wife duo delves into the highs and lows of movies and TV. Whether it's a cinematic match made in heaven or has a ton of red flags, we've got it covered. Join us while we share our unique perspectives as we embark on the cinematic journey as a couple, just as we agreed on our wedding day, for better or worse. Now, I just lied to you. I'm Toby, and I'm going to be doing this all by myself. Uh, so really, uh, this is for better or worse with just me. This is an agreement we're making with ourselves, um, for better or worse, me and Millie, and if you're watching on YouTube, we're going to re- we're gonna be talking about... True Detective Night Country on HBO. I refuse to say Max. It's HBO. Uh, but first, Fabau listeners, if you've enjoyed everything you've heard on the show so far, or if you're a brand new listener, don't be a silent spectator. Please hit the subscribe button on our podcast. We can, You can leave a review. Let's chit chat. Okay. I really would love to know your thoughts on everything. Specifically, though, today, True Detective Night Country. Hey, Millie. Millie has thoughts, too. Okay. You guys, I do not have that much experience with True Detective. I'll be honest. I tried watching season one with Matthew McConaughey and Woody Harrelson while I was on maternity leave. So I definitely didn't pay attention as much as I should have. And to be honest... A lot of the characters that they talked about in the show, I didn't get. I paid attention more this season. I haven't watched any of the others, but I think I might. But so I thought I paid attention this season, but like, no, I didn't. Because this might be a running theme, but they just like throw people in there. They're just like, hey, we just want to give actors jobs. So we're just going to bring on this person and give them some lines, and then never think about them again. So I thought it was really hard to follow, but that's just me. Uh, So this season took place in a made-up town called Ennis, Alaska. Every time I see anything that takes place in a cold location, it reminds me that I don't live in such a bad place. Like New York, while it gets cold, it is not Alaska cold. It is not... I have to be in a winter coat in my house, cold. You know, like these people never uh, looked. Wor- yes, it is. According to you, it is. What? <laughs> a winter coat in the house, cold. Okay, like but that's seventy-five degrees would be a winter coat. Right, but so everybody, Gino's here. He's my producer, far away from the camera. I bet you can't even hear him. I, it sound, probably sounds like I'm talking to myself. So what Gino wanted to correct me is that I am always cold. And so some days he'll come home probably 20 minutes after me and I'm still in my winter coat in our house, which is 72 degrees. I'm looking at him. I Everybody that knows me knows I am always cold. This show reminds me that that no, I'm not. I'm not cold. I just prefer to be as warm as possible, but like I'm fine. These people are just like in their, like, what are they called? Johnny's? Jimmy's? Jim Jim's? There's just long johns. <laughs> I'll get it. There's just like in long johns all the time. Like that's their skin. It has to be. They have to be cold all the time. 
And so I did check where did they film. They did not film in Alaska. Um, the Somebody in the article, I'm assuming the director, I don't know, said that unfortunately they couldn't be in Alaska because the place that they needed didn't have like the means to hold a big production. So they actually filmed in Reykjavik, Iceland. I was looking for my producer, but he's not listening. I'm pretty sure Reykjavik is in Iceland. Uh, So that's where they filmed, which is still freaking cold. Like it, you could not pay me enough to live in a perpetually cold place. I know Iceland isn't perpetually cold, but like Alaska, they kept saying a theme in the show that like people go to Alaska to get away from things. I, my life could not be so terrible. I lose all my money. Everyone in my life leaves me. I, I don't know, commit a crime, go to jail, come out. I'm not going to Alaska. You, I'm not, it's cold. They, this place does not have daylight for 30 days. Um, and I did see 30 Days of Night back when I was in high school. I guess that's maybe when my horror like fetish started, I guess. I do have a love for it. Uh, 30 Days of Night is a vampire movie that takes place in a town similar to this where they have 30 Days of Night. Obviously, classic for vampires. In this case, though, I guess it makes for spooky storytelling, which it did. It was a spooky show for somebody that watches a lot of horror this was scary see episode six of the finale was scary i was like nervous that a ghost would pop out or they'd have some more jump scares they could have done better on the jump scares but like the ghost element was really good the supernatural like feel that that like spirits come back here was great um but I wanted it to end with that. I was talking to somebody and I was saying like, maybe it will be a supernatural ending. And they're like, no, it never is. It's always a person. It's like Scooby-Doo. It's always a man in a mask. Ugh, how boring. Let's have some unanswered stuff here. I'll have to watch season two and three and see if it's good. But so I was also thought it was really cool that they like, like being in an ice cave was cool. However, which I'll get to, so confusing how they got there. Like, okay, so there was a, also spoilers, everybody. You should know that. Hello, Millie. If you're not watching, she's attacking the wire to my headphones. Great co-host over here, really helping to move the podcast along. And I guess they figured out that they were in a cave from a video that they saw. So that gave her a setting that they're in an ice cave. It was just like crazy and just how just in your face because then the ice cave being ice cave ended up being underneath the scene of the crime. Like, come on. I get it in your face, but like it could have been better. So anyway, let's get to Jodie Foster, who is the main character. Um, well, one of them, I guess. And we're all on the same page, right? She was not likable. Like, she wasn't supposed to be. I kept, I, I think I only compare her to Mayor of Easttown 
uh, Kate Winslet because I heard another podcast do it. And I was like, oh, that was a good comparison. But she was likable, right? Mayor of Easttown. She was a police officer in a town in Pennsylvania. Jodie Foster, a chief in a town in Alaska, not likable. But they tried to make her likable because clearly she went through something really traumatic, right? Like her son, her like young son died in a car accident with, I'm assuming, who was the father who was like somebody she was in a happy relationship with. And they just kind of didn't really show her being likable except in these scenes with her son where she was so adorable. And like they made it a point that nobody liked her. She slept around with everybody in the small town and that was her MO, which it seems like they could have given her more dynamic a character uh, where like maybe she was, people remember how likable she was and like they want to root for her, but now she's so mean that they just can't. I didn't see that come through. I wish it had because I like Jodie Foster. Um, now, Chris Eccleston was in it. And for those that just listened to our podcast last week, Chris Eccleston was also in, why did we bring him up? Thor the Dark World. Thor the Dark World. So he's just like popping up in life. Um, it took me a little bit to recognize him because he's American. Uh, but no, it's him. We got to see the doctor um, like getting getting jiggy with it. So that was new. Uh, he didn't really do much, unfortunately. And now I apologize for... For not having the other main character's name on the top of my tongue. Give me a sec. Let me head over. But she was good. Um, it was definitely nice having like one famous person and then a not famous person. Like somebody new to the scene. I always like that. And giving people with talent a chance is very exciting. Callie... Uh, Reese or Rice, apologies, uh, but she did a really good job. Um, I really appreciate the the like native aspect that they put in there um, with native words. And let me see if I can get and again apologies um, the native Inuit people. Um, so that was really cool. I'm always a big fan of showing off the cultures where the thing, the story takes place. Um, so that was cool. And like seeing everybody in their tattoos and how important they were uh, was great. And then of course you have like the aspect of human impact where the real story was actually political because it was uh, a mine that was where a lot of people worked for the town, uh, brought a lot of visitors in, made money, but of course the mine was polluting everybody and like causing cancer or diseases and stillborns. Babies were born, um, babies were dying. Like that part was so minuscule. Let me tell you, you just have like one episode where there's somebody helping deliver a baby and you're worried it's going to be a stillborn, but then it's fine. And then I think 
There's another part where uh, Jodie Foster's character goes to like visit a bunch of like coffins like of, of babies to like see it herself or all the people that died. But that was so not a big part of it. Like I can't put my finger on what was annoying about it. But I think like a character we really could have done – we could have made the story so much better if we didn't have like Hank Pryor, the dirty cop. Just cut him out. We don't need him. We don't need – sorry. It's very sad. His – he got catfished, right? The end. He, like why was he bad? It didn't make sense. It, he was just like a pawn that was thrown in there to complicate the story. So I did not – I did not like that. Um, I did like his son though. And I thought there could have been more meat there with like how his boss was ruining his life, right? His wife kicked him out. They had a baby unplanned. Love Darwin. Where'd that name come from? I was into it. Um, okay. So when I was reading stuff online, to like remind me of what happened, right? I can't do these things where a new episode comes out each week. I don't have the mental capacity to retain information from every episode. I don't. I'm a goldfish, okay? I see it. It's over. I've forgotten it. So I had to read about it. And it reminded me that like a lot of things didn't really make sense and they didn't really flesh it out. Now, again, I don't know if that's like a theme for True Detective where maybe they never really flesh things out. So I have to watch season two and three. But so now let me know if you like agree, disagree, if I missed something, which is entirely possible. I am a really bad like watcher of television because I'm generally on my phone as well. I really try to pay attention though. And I have the subtitles on. So it's not like I wasn't trying to watch the show. It just got boring when it wasn't spooky or when I didn't get it. So here's what I didn't get. I didn't really understand what was happening with the mine and the connection with the uh, research center and the mine and, and that like lady that was there defending the mine. So it turns out that they had thought that the mine was flubbing numbers uh, and the sorry, that the research center was faking the numbers for the mine and they were being paid off by the mine. But in reality, they wanted the mine to raise their pollution because it melted the permafrost. That way they could get that DNA that was in there so they could cure cancers. That's that's what I got. Now, as a scientist, Gino, did you hear that? What? What I just said? No, he wasn't listening. Something about cancer. Yeah. So the the premise of the the whole like evil people in it, the corporation, were that they were a research center that was there to to mine like ancient DNA that has the ability to like cure cancers. Um and there was a mine there, an actual mine, that was causing pollution, and that pollution was melting the permafrost, so they were actually able, they were like getting closer to getting that DNA. 
No? It's not intriguing you? No. And I feel like that in itself is... What? Otherwise, otherwise he'd be sitting over here and have watched the show. But he's not, you know. I can't really get him into the spooky detective stuff. We're watching Slow Horses. And that was, I keep mentioning it. We're going we're gonna to report on it. it. We'll review it. There's just three seasons out. Um, but so it was just so unclear that the mine was involved. But really it was Salal Research Center, which was okay, cool. But then those people were evil the whole time. Like all the researchers just like murdered somebody and just lived their lives and there were no repercussions for six years. They're all just cool. Like that's what's kind of crazy to me. Or like, so they they followed somebody. Now this is starting to make sense, right? They like looked for some guy, Oliver Tagak, who like worked at the research center, but then left and then was living like a nomad. And so then they went after him and he didn't give them any information and then he just left. So was he one of the ones that killed Annie and like didn't want to say anything? Because all your other guys are dead, man. You could have just said you didn't and you could have just said that that they did it or something. I don't know. I guess that's why he left because he killed Annie. Unclear. Unclear. Um. So talking about the supernatural element, right, Navarro, the partner, kept saying that her family was cursed, right? I think her mom took her own life. Her sister took her own life. But there was things calling her. They always saw oranges, which gets explained that her mother loved oranges. Like, come on. Got to do something a little stronger than that. Let's, let's have some real connections, some meat, if you will. And I needed to see more of the curse I needed to see more of the curse. I wanted to know why she was seeing the curse. Was it only because everybody was like calling her so she could find out her her native name? That was it? Or was she actually cursed? Could we have seen like her her family being cursed? I would have loved that flashback. Let's see some real supernatural stuff, please. Other characters they didn't need. This Otis Heist guy, right? was the first person, was in the caves, had the same wounds as the um, as the scientists, but lived, right? How? How? Why? If, if all the scientists end up being murdered by the cold, like they scratched their eyes out, they, they had weird wounds, they all blame it on hypothermia, but this guy had it too, but he lived. Like, is this, again, on me? Am I doing a bad job paying attention? You're all probably saying, yeah, yeah, Toby, pay attention better. But sometimes, sometimes I just don't want to. It's hard. Let's see. Oh, if we never had, like, Hank Pryor, we wouldn't have had young Pryor had to kill him. Those so, like, why? Uh, it didn't make any – so the only thing that comes to mind, right, is is the son would pay for the sins of the father. Thank you, um, 11th and 12th grade English. But he wasn't paying for – is that how he was paying for the sins of his father? He now has to carry this burden of murder and then hiding the body and just like 
pushing it out to the Alaska Sea. And that's that's it because I feel like, no offense, like the world's a little better. Like the dad moved a body, did dirty cop work, and then also murdered somebody because he was paid to. Like, sorry, little prior, your dad's a bad dude. And now you don't have to worry about, I don't know, going to his house for Christmas or having him over because now things are weird. So I don't think we needed that. It didn't help like young Pryor's character growth. And now we, now we've just we've just hurt him and his family and little Darwin. Last character, totally unnecessary. The science teacher. What was his purpose? You don't think they could have figured out that to do the ice caves or they could have like read about what the research was. You needed to bring this guy in who like used to have a relationship with Jodie Foster's character. Totally unnecessary. If you want to give actors jobs, I support it. Hire me. I'm fantastic. But make it matter. Like, make it make sense. I don't even know this guy's name. All And I barely remembered his, he was in it. And I wanted to see him more because he had a fun personality. And then boom, his job is done. He tells him about the ice caves. Go find this person at the end. How about we just, how about we just like have five, five main characters and that's what you show us. And that's it. And stop introducing other people. We're in a small Alaskan town. Maybe there are only five people, and that's the cast. Let's do that next time. Um, okay. One of the things that this story was built on was referring to a past case that Navarro and Danvers worked on, right, where they re- – they reported it as a murder-suicide, but in fact, Navarro ended up shooting the suspect and I guess caused a huge rift between the two. They didn't want to work together. Navarro got transferred. You could have just showed it in the beginning. Like, why play it out? We knew one of the two shot him. Odds are it's the one that has the worst anger issues which is what it happened to be. Why, why wait the entire season? Six episodes, we knew. Every time you referred back to it, you wasted our time. Could have been, could have been used doing something else, diving into somebody else's past. You know what I'm saying? Like, wasted time. And also very anticlimactic. Like, I could have told you, what was going to happen? It would have been more exciting if Jodie Foster's character had shot the guy. But that's not what happened. Less exciting, less interesting. Also, the answer to the murder that the cleaning ladies who were in episode one and did not show up again. I don't think so. Maybe, maybe briefly that I missed it. They all banded together to murder these people. You guys are cool with that? You knew about this and you didn't go to the police because they thought it would be handled incorrectly. Instead, they sent them out into the wilderness 
to be frozen. And they were saying like, if if she wanted to take them, she would. And if not, she would have sent them back. No. They're getting swallowed up by the Alaska wilderness. They're getting frozen. Okay. They're all dying. And all of these women are just totally complacent in helping. I just, six years later, they find out. You're not going to tell me she didn't, she didn't spill that mop bucket sooner. And then she found it. I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I don't think I liked it. And people say season two and three were bad or two was bad and three was better. I'll keep watching though because I like stories. I like detective stories and I like that they're spooky. So I'll keep watching. But I think if I was going to have to say for better or worse, I'd have to say for worse. This was for worse. If you like season one, you want to give season four a try, I say do it, but just know that it's a long six episodes. It's a long, it's a long six, but for worse. If you agree with me, why don't you leave it in the comment? Let me know what you think in the comments. Uh, And that's it. Millie's here. Thanks for joining me on this cinematic adventure, for better or worse. I hope you enjoyed my lively discussion and definitely unique, definitely unique perspectives on the world of movies and TV. If you like what you heard, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. Feel free to connect with us on social media. We'd love to hear your thoughts, please. And any recommendations you have for future episodes. Until next time, whether it's for better or worse, happy watching. Bye.